0: Welcome to another episode of a Ambition, a podcast that features those who take a leap of faith to follow your dream, passion, and find their purpose. My name is Kelsey Cooper, aka The Social Broker, aka Social Daddy, that's a new one, aka Mr. Black Family Man, and today's guests, we go way, way, way back high school days I'm so excited to have her, but before I even introduce her, I want to share her little, her brief bio, not brief, but dope bio, so you know who she is. She's an author, editor, book coach, and writing consultant. She teaches coaches, consultants, thought leaders, and experts how to use their experiences and expertise to write and publish brand-building nonfiction books. That is dope. I need your services. (laughs) Prior to starting Smart Girl Media, she was the entertainment director for Latina and Latina.com. She has also held senior editor positions at Juicy, XXL, and Essence. Her byline has appeared in Ebony, Black Enterprise, Envy, Bustle.com, and ModernNoir.com. Her agency's previous clients includes Tidal, Refinery29, Wendy Williams Hunter Foundation, Columbia University, Black Girls Rock, and Verizon. As an interviewer and an on-camera host, she has been in conversation with top talents including Michelle Obama, wow, Lala Anthony, Mary J. Blas, Zendaya, Rita Moreno, Fergie, Taraji P. Hansen. Judy Reyes, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Chris Rock, Nas, and Kelly Rowland. In 2022, she launched Step Into Your Story, writing and coaching intensive for experts ready to write a book that positions their expertise, propels their brand, and prepares them for visibility. I really need your services. The step into your story book has debuted in spring. It just debuted, right? Or it's, it's about getting ready to drop. It.
1: It's getting ready to drop.
0: She's a graduate, she graduated from Johnson C. Smith University with a BA in mass communication and earned a publishing certificate from the Columbia Journalism Publishing Course. She's an active member of Delta Sigma theater sword incorporated ladies and gentlemen please welcome miss Tia smart young
1: what up what's going on thank oh my you god i did not that's butcher no that No, nope, i did a little did bit a, i did
0: a little bit but no
1: you did a good job thank you so much what's good girl not much i'm just happy to be here when uh the you got you slid in my dm and i was like yeah i want to be on your podcast that's what's up man you listen dope people are here
0: I had some dope people um, you know uh, so many and it's just been a blessing because these are people that's in my immediate community right and you know God been blessing me and you know sometimes you don't know through your journey why you on this journey
1: mm-hmm. but we
0: met high school
1: high school yeah and yes, you right. know before the gray hair, yes.
0: Before <laughs> what gray hair, girl? I don't know what
1: you're talking. About. Oh my goodness, <laughs> now they need to be dyed. Oh, you know what I'm God. saying? I'm like Jay Z. I don't gray. <laughs> <laughs> I I need you know. I gotta I gotta take care of it.
0: I mean, listen. You you know you 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 beat and everything. So I appreciate you being on this podcast. Um, you know, I've known you for years, like I said, and I've watched your dope amazing journey you know to doing to be where you are today, doing what you're doing, which is amazing, which we're gonna talk about, but yeah. before I just wanted to let people to know you know where you' from, you know we grew up, you know what I'm saying where you went to high school, where you went to college, all that dope stuff because I wanted to understand your journey. To how you became this dope, amazing um, entrepreneur, writer, author, all that good stuff. So, you I know, just to to let people know.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Tell, so, let's, let's hear your story, girl. I feel like the, one of the biggest things about me and people get to know this really fast is that I love Brooklyn and I rep Brooklyn really hard. hard. And like, that was before it became gentrified and you know, the lattes and the artisanal yeah. cheese and all okay. of
0: that. Describe <laughs> the Brooklyn we grew up in, you know.
1: Right? The Brooklyn we grew up in, like when I look back, like it was not this, like this. Now I can walk down my block, and there are <laughs> bars, and there's restaurants, and there's places to have brunch, and there's wine shops. Like that was not. What's your
0: neighborhood in Brooklyn?
1: I live in Crown Heights, and wow. don't come to me with no Prospect Heights because that's not what it is. <laughs> hey, okay? don't try to come remix. Don't try to be new and remix exactly facts. <laughs> Because we've been here, don't try to Christopher Columbus this. We're not doing that.
0: (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen,
1: right? So, like the Brooklyn that we grew up in, like I there was a picture I found not too long ago of when my sister she was a little girl, but we we, it was a picture on the train and all of the graffiti Mm. on the train. Like just thinking about the train experience from then to now. It's right. so different.
0: It was gritty. It was grimy. It, it was yeah. It
1: was like really gray and dark, and it, it just didn't feel the way that it does now. Now you get on the train and it's like, oh, you got air conditioning. Yes, you do run into some unhoused people, but you got air conditioning. It's like people are you know like looking good, smelling good. The chairs are yellow. And I mean, less different. I
0: remember going to school and have to worry about getting robbed on the train because Cassie is to go through the train and yeah. looking for victims to victimize.
1: Yes, You
0: know, and, and our school was, was crazy. So, you know, yes. we, we were headed to the same place. Yes. So, you like, can be
1: victimized by someone who went to your school. Yes. Absolutely. Went to
0: your school. So you knew that y'all was going to the same place. So you, you couldn't dodge them.
1: <laughs> Not at all. And you know, one of the things for me, like that I remember about the train was I just remember like when we used to transfer. So it depends on what train you used to take, but I remember just being on the one and the nine. Mm-hmm. And when like when it was crowded and you're getting off at that next stop, there were so many people like men that would try to like feel the girls up. Mm. Come on, you're being disgusting on the train, like trying to violate yep. a woman on her way to school. Like you have nothing else better to do with your time. So
0: I mean, it was, it was grimy, but you know what I'm saying? But all through all this though, you kind of stay focused. You kind of identified what you wanted to do at a early age. I remember reading one of your stories on, on Instagram and how you, your, your mother saw, you know, what you wanted to do. And she started really supporting you and doing all these things you know just you know explain that you know like how Uh,
1: you know so I've always had an interest in writing and I I was in the fifth grade when I told my mother that I wanted to be a writer and Mm. so one of the things that I loved is that she never said we don't know any writers like you need to be a teacher or you need to you know you need to you need to be to to go to law school or you need to be an engineer she never Mm. said don't do this. So I, like. I feel like sometimes with parents, when you don't understand, you can, um, like limit your own, right. Limit your child. You can squash the dream or because you feel like these are the respectable professions or these are the professions you'll support, right? Your kid wanting to study in college or whatever, like this is the path that you you direct your kid on. So I like, I always give my mom credit. She was like, okay, you want to write books? We're going to make sure you got a library card. Like I always had, like uh, I had, I learned to type on a manual typewriter. Mm, I remember those when, days. When the electric came along, I had the electric typewriter. My mother put me in a typing. I was a whole kid in a typing class with adults. So by the time I got to high school, I already knew how to type. I didn't even take typing class. Right. I'm, I'm, I does this right, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm doing this already. So my mom, like, made sure I had a computer. I always had a printer. Because, you know, sometimes you might have a printer, you might have a computer, but you don't have a printer. Always had a printer. Like, the dot matrix was my best friend. I just would always have whatever I needed to pursue my passion for writing. And I have to always give credit to her for that. Because if she had said, well, we don't know any writers and that doesn't sound like something that you should be doing, I might not be, I might not have had the confidence to, what
0: kind of resource did your mother have to kind of provide those resources to you? Um, you know,
1: to be honest, I think her biggest thing was creativity and openness. Because if she, my mother is like a master networker. So mm-hmm. if she heard about something, like mm-hmm. you have another parent and say, Well, my kid is in such as a my mother, wait a minute, my girl is smart. Let me get her in this program too, right? And wow. That has always been my life, right? I've been, I was in Delta programs when I was a kid. I was in this writing program. I was in New York Association of Black Journalists for Teens program. Like I was, she always found a program and was like, this is something that you should do. And it—and it, that level of exposure at such an early age, I think really made the difference for me because it also made it seem like, oh, this is possible. It's not like, so far off. This is something mm-hmm. that can happen now, right? And as and as opposed to now with social media, like there's so many things that that young people can do now, right? You can right take right your phone and c- you can take your phone and shoot a video, right? You can take your phone and create a blog. You can do all these things. We didn't have those kind of resources, but the resources that we did have is because my mom. My mom was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, that's I think
0: awesome. that's so dope because I remember, you know, growing up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. You know, everyone was like hardworking. Our parents were like really yes. hard. Our our community was like gritty and grimy, and anything like you said. We had social media, so we, ha- you know, we have we have virtual access to everything, but yes. we didn't have access to, you know, the the the. The advertising agents, the media companies, you know wow. what I'm saying? We didn't know what that looked like. You know, you know, yeah. we were just we had our neighborhood, our neighborhood drug dealer, our neighborhood. Yes. These yes. are these were the aspirational figures that we were growing up, you know, that we were that inspired us. Mm-hmm. For your mother to really do what she did, you know, with those limit the limitations that she had is amazing you know especially back then when there was no social media there was no I mean there was a phone a dollar a a dollar phone there was no cell phone there was no beepers there was nothing you know so you know that was dope that's dope
1: the name of this podcast is reverse ambition and I think the thing was that my mother and my dad were both ambitious so my Mm. dad was an entrepreneur and Mm. I and I, so I don't know if you remember the, um, the Baskin of Robbins that used to be at the junction. Uh-huh. My dad owned that Baskin of Robbins. Okay. okay. So, right. So there's different levels of exposure that I had, like my dad was an entrepreneur and he was like, I learned about sales and I learned about how you talk to people, right. Who are your customers from uh-huh. him. I, so many different things from my parents. Like from my mother, right? I learned about how to present. She taught me like how to like I so fast, so rewinding a little bit when I was in So her- y'all
0: was really the Huxtables, like
1: we were, we were not <laughs> Oh, by the way, her
0: nickname was little Miss Huxtable because I- she was she was bougie before bougie was dope. Like listen, she had her <laughs> hair, dude you know, she had a, she literally looked like Claire Huxtable. I was wearing you know. red
1: lipstick. I had my hair. Remember I used to wear blazers. Blazers. I had, but I also had like a little briefcase. I was, All right. I was in my head. I was like, oh, that's what, that's what to me. I was, I looked at the Cosby show and I was like, oh, that's yeah. what a successful black woman looks like. I want to be like her. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow!
0: I mean, I, mean, I got to tip my hat because I feel like these are the things that's being celebrated now, you know, being quote unquote bougie and all that stuff is a good thing. Back then it was not, you know, yeah, it, was,
1: it, it wasn't bougie. It was you stuck
0: up. You that's stuck up.
1: Fun. Right. You know,
0: so you were, you know, your parents really positioned you well for, you know, for things to come in terms of where the culture was going. And, you know, so that's, you know, that was dope.
1: Yeah, I always say that. And thank you. I always say that my mom, like I always, when I talk to teens, I tell them that there's five people that you need to have on your squad. And one person is the seer because the seer is responsible for seeing things for you Mm. that you might not even see for yourself. Mm. So I feel like my mom has always been my seer, no matter what stage I was in life. Like I remember crying when I got laid off for the second time and I had just had my son and I was like, I got a four month old baby. I just lost my job. And she was like, you will never have this moment again to be with your son. like." Mm. That. And she was like, you can, you can still freelance and you can still be home with your son. And I did. And it was like, it was, don't get me wrong. It was a rough eight months. Cause I was not the stay at home mom type. huh. But- I, I think it helped me to, uh, one, appreciate my new my new position in motherhood, right? And then also have to figure out like, oh, how do I bring money in? And I got this baby and I don't have a full-time job. Like
0: the wow. things
1: I think that people are figuring out now, like like how do I become an entrepreneur? You know, everybody's always talking about, oh, $10,000 a month and $3,000, whatever the, the number is, right? Right. Like, I just was like, how do I pay the bills? bills.
0: I- <laughs> right, <laughs> right.
1: About the 10K month. I was just thinking about how do, how can I pay these bills right now? So,
0: right. I mean, that's dope. I mean, you're, you're, your mother laid a dope foundation. Um, And that's, you know, high school, I think you majored in what communication,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I majored in communications in college and then when we were in high school because we had our majors. So I think, I can't remember what my ma- our major was, but it was like definitely writing because we had like the broadcast track. We had the writing track and I was definitely on the writing track because remember our majors, we when we got older, I guess the junior and senior year, your majors were the last three periods of the day.
0: Right,
1: right. I took that joint so seriously. I was like, this, I, this is what I I I'm major-
0: I majored in advertising and I remember taking photography courses. I remember taking screen printing courses. I didn't realize how dope our school was because those skills are like major now. Like, you know, even though we had our issues, it was like a very, you know, it was a tough school, but the the, those curriculum was really forward thinking
1: yeah I feel like if you took advantage of the resources that were there and available to you it definitely ended up being more than you expected because um I only mentioned I uh, like the one or two majors but like I forgot like advertising we had a whole so you remember there was a whole machine there was yeah machine.
0: yeah screen printing right like yeah all these things you look at you look at social media now it's all about your own t-shirt company it's all about yes. graphic design I was like wow and this was like you know early 90s late Ooh, 80s this
1: was early, early oh, yeah. 90s and we were exposed to that right the things that are now Everyone is like, come out, like you said, come out with a t-shirt company or everyone is an author and maybe, maybe they have a book or maybe they have an ebook or everyone's an entrepreneur, right? Like, I think for us, we might've been scared to say that yes. we we're entrepreneurs, right? Right. And right. My, my dad had an ice cream store. That's not a year, a year, a re- business that's year round is hot and popping, right? <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. So, so you had, he had
0: to figure it out.
1: Right, right, and so my dad would go extra hard during the summer. Mm. During the winter, take it
0: easy.
1: People, yeah, not a lot of people looking for ice cream, and so there was just that was a there was a whole strategy behind it, right? But now that's a word that everybody talks about. What's the strategy? What are you going to do? What's the content plan? And my dad was teaching me that, and I had no idea at the time that that's wow. What I was learning. All
0: right, so you you know. You end up going to graphic communication arts. Yes. How did you, uh, Johnson C. Smith?
1: Johnson C. Smith University,
0: yes. You know, and, and to be honest with you, um, our, fo- our school was a vocational school. So higher education was really stressed. I remember, I forgot who our guidance counselor, I never saw my guidance counselor, except for when I was graduating.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. it, I forgot his name. I remember he's a, you know, he's a, older
1: white oh <laughs> gay
0: guy and I remember him saying that you're the top percentile of your class you should think about going to school going to college and I was <laughs> I was my goddess counselor right there and then I was like my senior year and how I ended up at Howard was I you know first of all I had no, my family had no money you know I, I barely had money to fill out applications and I um uh, application came from how it came to my my house. I don't know how it got there.
1: But yeah, I probably went on a tour. You yeah, to I, you comfort. know what?
0: I think it's like when I went to those little career, you know, those college oh, yeah, the,
1: the college years and you sign up and then yes.
0: That's how it got to my house, and I was like, I didn't, you know, like I said, I barely had money to fill out, I only fill out one application. <laughs> and CUNY, of course, CUNY me was automatic. And Howard was the only school I remember getting, you know, my I forgot the writing teacher and Mr. Young. Remember Mr. Young? Well, um black it. history teacher? Yeah. He, I got a I got a, a thing from him and the writing, you know, writing and that's it took me a while to get into Howard, but I ended up getting in. But how did you what was your journey in terms of getting going to Johnson C. you know, Smith?
1: Well, as supportive as my mother was she did not want me to leave New York oh really no she wanted me to stay here and she just felt like I was going to get into craziness going Uh uh-huh my parents
0: felt the same way my father felt the same way
1: you know the horror stories but Mm -hmm. one of the things about my mother that she knew very quickly is that I'm like like I was super into like she raised me to be independent right Mm -hmm. like even before we get to that story, like I was in middle school and we had ninth grade. And I told her, I was like, oh, I'm leaving. And she was like, what do you mean? No, Yo, you have ninth grade. Stay there. And she, I was like, no, I need you to sign this paper because I'm done. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> wow!
1: And she must've been like, this girl is crazy. So then fast forward to me getting ready to go to Johnson C. Smith, like the entire process, like I did everything. So the applications, the financial aid. I did all of that. I didn't ask my parents for any kind of help. Oh,
0: with that. really? None. Get yeah, Your money for them. Because I mean, back then $25 was an application fee. I barely had that. Right.
1: <laughs> but I just would ask them for money. i just be like, like, I need, can I get some money? Can I, I wasn't saying what I needed it for. I just was like, can I get some money? And so, um, as long as it was for education, my mother didn't have a problem with it. Okay. Right. If I was like, Oh, I'm trying to go see some boy. Nah, yeah, you don't ah. know. <laughs> right. So the thing about going to smith was that um jcsu had offered me a partial scholarship i had gone on let me just say i had gone on an hbcu college tour okay that was it for me i was like oh i'm i'm out of here oh wow Tell so i didn't tell my mother thought i was going to nyu up until the bursar at jcsu called and was like um you, you haven't put down a dorm deposit we're we're, we'll see you in like three weeks right wow and my mother was like excuse me what school is this and so they explained and I'm sitting there on my bed and I'm shook because I'm like (laughs) she is about to flip and so my mother she was like um let me call you right back and she's she said to me, You're going, you want to go to Charlotte, North Carolina? You don't know anybody there. And I was like, That doesn't matter. I was like, Look, I'm saving you money. I got a partial scholarship. She was like, You got oh, a, scholarship. You, you had a that, huh? Listen, I, hello, it was, it was time. I had to run the play, coach. I had to remember <laughs> in my mind, I was like, In my mind, I was like, Okay, if I tell her this, she's going to understand. So that was definitely a selling point. But my mother didn't play games. So she was like, you have until midterms. Because again, in her mind, I'm going away to party, right? Right, right. I just want to get away from Brooklyn and have a good time. And so she gave me until midterms, not finals, midterms. Like that was the deciding factor because she was going to snatch me out of North Carolina had those grades not been on point. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you ain't got to worry about that. (laughs) So, <laughs> I graduated number two at Johnson C. State. Nice. I wasn't nice. playing around like, cause I knew how to have a good time, but I also had mm-hmm. to study. So. Right,
0: right, right.
1: I mean. you're so at the festival world.
0: <laughs> wow. How So how was going to school, being a New Yorker? I'm sure you haven't really been away from home, you know, until then. How was that vibe? How was that? Oh my God. I mean, when I went to Howard, I was like, what?
1: Yeah, it was like the thing was is that I couldn't show any fear because my mother, when she dropped me off, she was like, "This is what you wanted, right?" I'm like, Uh "You know Fine." But first of all, Howard is huge. JCSU is small. It It had about as many students as Graphics had. So Mm, there were uh, so many students to navigate with, right? The campus is smaller, but it's still a new experience because now you have a roommate and you're Mm -hmm. in a whole nother city and you got to find out how things work and all of that. So there was a lot to navigate, but I was so excited and ready for it. And being a New Yorker, I don't know about you, but the first thing that happened for me was all the people from the tri-state area, we found each other, Uh
0: right 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 oh yeah
1: connecticut like everybody right they found each other and we used to move in the very beginning in these huge packs so we would go to basketball games and we'd be 20 deep and i was
0: you know and new yorkers were intimidating especially in numbers back then
1: yes and you know we came with this kind of attitude like what we're from new york
0: like (laughs) exactly
1: like right. you were Bama, right? But you had to really like learn to like curb that New York attitude mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh yeah, right, yeah, and, re- and respect the house that you were in. Right. Because some of my closest friends are from the South, right? Facts. And we just we came out there like I remember not listening to bass music, and then I like by the time I left JCSU, I'm like go go bass everything bring it on exactly. You know? so it was that was a that was a wonderful experience,
0: right? So that was a dope experience. You became a delta, you, you know, yes. have a a very, you know, dope holistic full college experience. So, what did you do when you graduated? Like, you know, I know saying you write in was your thing. How mm-hmm. did you get your first gig out of Johnson J Smith?
1: Johnson C Smith. So, my Johnson
0: C Smith, Smith, I'm sorry.
1: So, when I graduated from Johnson C Smith, I was working for the federal government at first. Okay, how did there? I got just applied because I was like, if I don't get in, like in media, I'd still need money. So I this job because I was like, I need money. I'm gonna pay my mother rent, and then the student loans kicked in in six months. So I needed to be able to have some income. So. The blessing that would happen, and this is always to me like a shout out to internships. I had an internship at Essence my junior year at JCSU. And so that really was a huge stepping stone for me because I met another, I met a Sora there, I met another Delta there. I worked under her during my internship.
0: Okay.
1: We hit it off. And when, like, I would constantly call and see this, this, like, I would call. There's no, you know, before it would be like, oh, send somebody an email. This was like, you know.
0: <laughs> right. There was early, no, shows like early, email. right.
1: Early email stages. So I would call her and check in. Okay. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? This you
0: is know, while you was working for the government.
1: This is while I was working for the government. Yeah.
0: What were you doing at the government, by the way?
1: I was, I worked in the social security department.
0: Okay. Nothing, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. with, you know, but, you know, I, I want to highlight that because some people usually, Once they get in that situation, they get comfortable,
1: and because it was a secure
0: situation and in the government. Once you're in the government,
1: you know it was so easy to get comfortable. But I think I was so hungry to be in media that I just had to keep reminding myself that this Mm. is this is a temporary spot until Uh I get into what I need to to do. And so I was and I was only there for a few months, but I think because I was calling and saying, hey, what's going on? So on one of those calls, she was like, shout out to Melissa. She was like, listen, I'm getting a promotion. Do you want to interview for my job? Okay. Yes. Say less. Like tell me nice. what I need to do. And so credit to her. She not only did she where were you
0: living? You were in New York?
1: Yeah, I was I was okay. here. I came when after I graduated, I came, came back, back home. Yeah, because um, my thing was, if I didn't get a job there in Charlotte, like working at like the TV station or the, the local newspaper, then I was like, I'm just going to come home. But then, but then <laughs> this is another part of the story. I was engaged, right? <laughs> Yo, when I heard you and, you know, because we all were like high school homies, we always used to hang around with, the, um, together. Wow. Well, first of all, we, we were cool in high school, Sha and I were cool in high school, but we never dated. Right. Exactly. So we were like crushing on each other from afar. And then the, I remember
0: Sha being a funny guy. He was just like a funny cool (laughs) guy, you know, used to make jokes and, you know, just a cool cat. I never saw you. I never foresee you guys getting together.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't have either. Um, we didn't end up like really kind of like hanging out and getting close until it was senior trip, actually. It okay. was trip. We were hanging. Man, out. I heard about
0: that senior trip. <laughs> it
1: was wild. It was
0: I heard about that senior time. trip. I heard um, some people got prego and
1: people got pregnant, people got kicked out of the trip, people showed up to the trip that wasn't supposed to be there. Like this was like, you know, I had like the I feel like I had the best childhood and like the best youth because. these kind of stories are they're just they're just legendary right we had to go go outside and do things and sometimes like you you think about kids now they spend a lot of time on the computer or yeah on their their um, phone on their phone or whatever game system they have but yeah we had some crazy experiences and instead
0: of instead of living a life they portray a life you know it, it looks going on social media but they're not living like how we live yeah you know what i'm saying and so you know. you
1: know it's different definitely different different experiences and uh so that,
0: you and Shaq got close on a senior trip that's what sparked the relationship
1: i think it's it was sparked before then because i actually asked them to go to the prom with me Oh, really? And yeah. But I didn't know he had a girlfriend. So he politely turned me down. And I okay. was like, oh, now I got to ask another dude. Like, and then the thing is, is that boy, by the time I got up the courage to ask other people, everybody had already had dates. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, I'm out here with no date. So I ended up asking a friend and he was older and it was kind of cool because it was like, he was 25 and, um, was he 25? Maybe he wasn't 25. Maybe he was like 23. I don't think he was like 20, but he definitely had a car. So mm, it, was okay. like a it was a different vibe, right? I'm like, okay, I'm coming to, to coming to the prom with this dude. He got a car. It's a different vibe, but yeah, we didn't, Shy and I ended up getting close on the senior trip, but I did ask okay. him to the prom and he said, he said, politely, turn me okay down.
0: And so while you were away, he was in New York and yeah. so I did a long distance thing.
1: We didn't actually start dating until um s- sophomore year. So, oh, yes, we ended up doing this, but it wasn't like when we when I left to go to school, we were like hanging out or anything like that. Not at all. We ended up dating. Um uh yeah, I came home and uh <laughs> I really like my brother. My brother was like he bumped into shop. And he was like, Sha so was like, What's up with your sister? And he's like,
0: Really? He
1: ain't doing nothing. Why'd you go? I leave? mean, yo, you was a
0: lot of you was all our crush back in the days, by the way. <laughs> well, so thank
1: you. I, mean, I had no idea. <laughs> you were you were a really top like... of the
0: you were like the I mean you think <laughs> you know somebody else, but we you know on the low, we were <laughs> yeah. like, yo. I mean,
1: you know, I had some you know questionable <laughs> things going on back then, but
0: <laughs> hey, that's what that's what living is all about, right? But you end up you know getting in a really great situation clearly because yeah. Yeah. you know shy's became your husband and your life partner and you guys been together like you they said you know the
1: things yeah
0: so you said you were engaged
1: I was uh, engaged when I was at JCSU so my junior year like end of my junior year and my senior year I was engaged so I was I was definitely coming back home and at that time right it was like you you kind of had to come to new york if you wanted to be in magazines right at that time that's when magazines were popping yeah if you wanted to be in this nice little magazine world you had to be here
0: essence was one of the top
1: yeah publication
0: especially for black folks
1: exactly premier training ground too because i learned so much about media. I learned so much about idea generation. Like to, to be able to take an idea and then to execute it and see it in print in like two months, three months, that was that was amazing to me. Now you can have an idea and put it on your Instagram, right? Right, right. Or TikTok. But we didn't have that kind of immediate access then, right? It was, and then magazines also had a certain cachet because you There was no Instagram where the celebrity is just on Instagram going live on you their home. They
0: needed you guys. They needed the essence. Yeah. You you
1: needed essence. You needed that photography crew to go into your home to to go wedding, your baby shower, whatever the invitation was. And so you just had this certain level of um feeling like you were inside and it was very exclusive, but I learned so much about writing and publishing and how things are run. Like those very skills that I feel like I learned at Essence, I had taken them through every media job I had. And then now even to when I had to, when in 2015, when I self-published my first book, people asked me, how, how did you know how to do that? And I felt like but I've been doing this all my life. But, you know, sometimes you don't like put the pieces together because mm-hmm. the skill that you may have learned, that's the, the thing that somebody is 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 envious of. Well, they want to learn how to do it. And it's like, oh, you know, because I just was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know how to do a photo shoot. I know how to hire creatives. Like I've been I've been doing it. But Mm -hmm. it was a matter of putting all of the pieces together and really to create a process to show other people how to do it. And that's really how I ended up getting into self-publishing because my thing was, oh, I'm just going to self-publish this book. I had had two, uh, uh, I had a, a book, one immediate book deal that fell apart after constant revises and sending it in to the editor and then the agent couldn't sell it. And so I was like, ooh, I could sit here and be pissed and try to go after another deal or I can take the idea that I had and remix it and do something for myself.
0: Mm.
1: And that's, a, that's exactly what I did.
0: Well, listen... I mean, I remember, you know, because, you know, we were keeping tabs from a distance, you know, when TI got an SS, yo, we were like, yo, that was a big deal. I mean, you know, it was inspirational because like I said, those things were so far fetched from where we came from. So for you to be in that space you know, we celebrated you, you know, we oh yeah, she got a dope article, you know, when we open and you see her name, that's homie, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, so. I felt that love too, because people, when people would see me, they would constantly bring up the fact that they saw my name. I mean, people still do that, right? Whenever they see my name. I remember I was in like a bar and I had written something for Bustle. Bustle wanted somebody who had been a kid when the Central Park, well, now the Exonerated Five, right? When mm-hmm. they- Arrested. We were 16 at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? So hey, you are fast forward all these years. They wanted they wanted someone who was an adult and possibly had a child to write about what it was like growing up then mm. and compare right to what it's like being a parent now. And I I think the the article had maybe like been out like a day or so on Bustle. I was in a bar and somebody was like, and my picture ran with it. Somebody mm. like, are you? Is your last name smart young? And I'm looking like, yeah, because you you never know, like, no, right. I don't know your man, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So she was like, Oh, I really enjoyed your post that you wrote about the exonerated five and being a mom and growing up at that time. And it was like I loved that connection I still love that connection right I loved it then and I loved it now like I don't even know if you even remember but when I was in high school when we were in high school I had a column in the newspaper in our, I think in I our student newspaper I
0: mean like I said why you think you were like the you know the the example of what we want to be you know oh. the type of woman we wanted to be around? I mean it was it was a away girl but you were so progressive That's you know funny. what I'm saying
1: my bamboo
0: earrings, <laughs> <laughs> at least two pairs, you know, all that.
1: Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying?
0: So, I mean, you know, you know, essence. How long were you at Essence?
1: Oh, I was at Essence for five years.
0: Okay. I five mean, years? I mean, listen, folks, I mean, being at a publication like Essence, that was a big deal because it was so far-fetched, and like you know, they have so many publications now, but back then it was only like a handful of You know, there was a lot of publication and it was not easily accessible. So for Tia to do what she did, that was dope. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, she learned so much and that set her up for what did you do after Essence?
1: After Essence, I went to work at a dot com because remember, that was when it was the dot com was popping like 2000. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I was working for a company called... um, UBO I don't know if you remember UBO urban box office and they had okay, these yeah companies. so they were like the parent company and they had all of these websites underneath them and um I was working for this one <laughs> this one site and called the gauge and it was like supposed to be like for tastemakers and then as soon as I got there I got like the money well the 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 guy who founded it god bless the debt he passed away. Mm. And so in everybody's like position was in jeopardy and there was one website. So they were all owned by the parent company, but there was one website that wasn't owned by the parent company. He retained his rights. I was like, oh, I need to go over there and talk to him and make mm. myself a position. And I did. And so when he picked up his his chips and he was like, I'm going over here. I was like, oh, well, I'm going over here with you. And it was a teen website. And it was kind of right up my alley because I've always wanted to connect with teens and youth culture and all that. So I what made connect-
0: you leave Essence? I mean, was it because of the dot com and the opportunities that, you know, that that was available?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely a combination of that, right? Like people always think like, why would you leave? But it's kind of like when you're in high school and college, right? You do a certain amount of time, right? And then you go to the next thing and you go to the next thing. And I think now it's really common for young people to like spend two years and jump, but that Keep was, it moving. Right. That wasn't necessarily the norm for us. So five years sounds like a decade to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? So I stayed there, and I, I the dot com was popping, and at that time, in essence, I had started covering technology. And okay. So because I had an interest in technology, and I was like, I was like, I want to, I want to try this out. I want to see what's up. And so, of course, when
0: <laughs> I mean, think of you see the trend here. She had a dope government job, you know that was stable. Yeah. She wanted more, and she had an amazing. A job at Essence that really kind of gave her all the experiences and exposure.
1: Oh, and she, crazy perks, too. Travel, and the perks, music, concerts, celebrities. It was crazy. And but
0: yeah, she wanted more. So you see the trend? She was like, nah, she never got comfortable. You never got comfortable. And yeah. you know, so you work for this.com. What was the name of it? It
1: the was one. called The Gage. So this okay. was the parent company, and I worked for The Gauge.
0: Okay. And that's, you know, after, you know, Urban Box Office, you know, Mm
1: -hmm. kind of like died. Right. I worked for um, a site called Shine 365, which was focused on um, teens.
0: Okay. How was that experience?
1: That experience was dope because I learned how to produce content on a daily basis. And so like when it be. Like, and this
0: is before dot coms was popping, by the way. This is like the early stages of dot coms,
1: early stages, right? This is early stages of like blogs and people posting, and we like this is pre analytics, right?
0: Right, right.
1: This is this is before all of that, and so I had just had a passion and an interest in it, and I just like so. When I by the time I got to like working for where was it when we when we when um I was with uh, Paula, my soul friend Paula T. Ranfro, and she was editing.
0: What up? She's so dope.
1: Yeah, Paula is dope. She was editing. She it was it was
0: two peas in a pie. You see one, you see <laughs> still the other.
1: Are. Still are. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> still are, yes. Um. So, but this by that time it was like to grow a website or even create a website. Right. I had had those skills. I had had them from the beginning. Like realizing, like that, oh, okay, we're we're going to figure it out. And I think that mm. was the biggest thing too, right? To be able to- There was no to...
0: blueprint. There was, there no, was blueprint. no models, you know, in terms of what do we do to build this? Cause this is like the internet was really, you know, jumping, yeah. starting out and people finally starting getting access because of technology. So we're like, and there, and there was also things that kept you from really becoming great, you know, te- you know from a technology perspective because there was limitations, Right
1: yeah i mean the thing was is that things were so new so it was like think instagram it was just strictly pictures it mm-hmm. was no video there were no reels it was no igtv at that point instagram was just you post your cute little picture right or you had maybe the grid and you post like pictures in a grid. That was it. Twitter, right? We had to figure out, oh, like, how do we grow our Twitter following? So it mm. was so much like we figured out that because of the reality shows that and those were like super hot at the time. So as long as we had like a staff member on and that was like tweeting about the reality show, people would start following.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, that was our strategy. Or like Scandal. Scandal was huge. Like, okay, we got to make sure we have somebody live tweeting during. Scandal. I know some
0: people got start eating lovely because they were tweeting exactly a, um, because they was sca- right
1: yeah, yeah scandal lovely. that's what twitter lovely. was popping yeah exactly exactly so if the thing i think is that's crucial it's a and steve jobs said this in a graduation speech to always stay curious to always stay hungry and i think mm. have that as a creative right? As a person who's going to produce things for other people to consume, you got to stay creative. You got to stay hungry. You can't be like, when the thing comes out, you can't be like, nah, I ain't going to join Twitter. I ain't going to join TikTok. I you have to- You have to
0: take that risk. You yeah. Know? If, you,
1: if you want to stay relevant, right? You have mm. to be able to look crazy on TikTok or whatever, right? You have to also figure out what your lane is Cause like I'm 50. I don't want to be, I don't want to dance on TikTok.
0: You don't look 50 by the way. You look oh, like 30 you. or something. You, I mean, it's real talk, you know,
1: my, my son will be like, nah, she 50. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
0: that's my mom, son. That's not my sister.
1: Like, that's, not,
0: that's not my little sister. That's don't, my mom. Chill dog. Like, like, don't,
1: don't play those games. <laughs> I'm right, going He asked me, <laughs> but that's, for, yeah, that's for later. But, um, yeah, like you can't, I don't I like my thing is find your way to be in this lane, right? Like find how you're gonna drive in this lane. And for me, first what I decided was like, okay, so self-publishing is what I'm going to do. Be and I had to figure out what lane am I gonna be in. Cause at first I was like, oh, I'm gonna work. So hold on. Your
0: on your- how do you because <laughs> I remember, you know, you talked about working with Paula. Where do you guys work? you know tell us about that
1: Uh, oh we we were at juicy magazine Mm. magazine and again talking about no blueprint this that magazine came from an idea that the publisher had after seeing chris rock's good hair and oh wow yeah and it was like wait a minute black spent all this hate this money on hair And so he was like, okay, well, what can we do with that? And so what we came up with was Juicy, celebrity lifestyle, hair. We came
0: up with Juicy. I mean, from inception, from an idea, like it it
1: didn't exist. It did not exist. There was no name for it. There were no previous columns. There was no page count to fill. There were no advertisers. So again, taking an idea and being able to execute it That's huge. Right. We didn't Mm. have. And so we made mistakes, happy mistakes along the way, because we didn't know what we knew what we were doing, but we didn't. Neither one of us at that point had been part of a startup.
0: Mm. And so that's
1: essentially what it was. It was a startup.
0: How big was your team?
1: I think at the biggest, it was, it grew to seven. Oh, wow. Um, But when, but when I started working on it with Paula it was only. I think it was Paula. She had a, an editor. I was working on it part time because my job was Double XL. Okay.
0: I, well, okay. okay we <laughs> skipped a because before. Okay, before Juicy, you were at this startup. I,
1: had, I was at a hip hop right. So Juicy is the startup. I was at Double XL, Double XL, um, and and Juicy were under the same publishing house, which was Harris Publications, mm-hmm. and so. When they brought Paula along, they were also looking for what people. were you
0: doing at double XL? I mean, I how man- did you end was- up at double XL?
1: <laughs> I so I know, I was, you pivot. know, that was my huge pivot. So I had worked, I had, remember I had gotten laid off, had my son. When I got, when I started back working, um, I was having difficulty getting back into media. So I was like, oh, let me, how just long
0: were you off? Oh, how long? Oh, I was you?
1: laid off, I was laid off for eight months. Okay months and then i got um i got a job i started to get working.
0: laid off from
1: i got laid off that was when i was laid off from the dot-com um shine 365 so okay they took their coins and they left remember but then they also have some financial challenges after a while i was there for a little bit and then
0: okay um, okay. okay that's yeah. okay it that's was
1: about a, about a year i was there and then then i got laid off from that job and okay so, um, when I got back, when I started working again, I started working for a nonprofit. Actually, I started working for Girls Inc. I was working in the communications department. And that, again, that was supposed to be a temporary stop, right? I was using my communication skills, my writing skills. And that job ended up being so crucial to my development. Of course, at the time, I didn't know it was going to be, but I learned how to write speeches. I learned how to create a workshop, all things that I use now as an entrepreneur are the are some of the things that I learned when I was at Essence and things that I learned when I was at Juicy and things, definitely things that I learned when I was at Girls Inc. I had never put a workshop together, but mm-hmm. I had, and, and I was going around the country delivering workshops to satellite Girls Inc. Cause I worked for the national organization and I was going around the country training people who oh, at really? time, yeah at the time I was like what 27 28 and I'm tr- I'm training people who are like 50 oh wow right so nice. that, that's a different beast but I was getting a muscle in that I had no idea that I was going to end up really needing right thank God for the strength the strong muscle because I ended up using it later on in life
0: so from girls inc you went to mm-hmm. xxl
1: from girls and Inc. then juicy, to right? Because I had wanted to get back into the media game, so I stayed at I stayed at Girls Inc. I think it was like four or five years.
0: Oh I, wow, that's a while. Wow.
1: Yeah, again, it was great perks. Like I used to travel all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have expense accounts and things like that, it's like you can get really comfortable. But it was also cool too because at that time, I I had I had my son, right? So okay. I was now I'm figuring out how to be a working mom, mm. a working mom who travels or work. So I not travels. I would say I used to travel at least like twice a month.
0: Oh, wow. So you were at Girls Inc for like four years, five years.
1: Yeah, I think. I'm. And
0: but you want to get back into the media space.
1: I wanted to get back I, Even though you had all
0: those perks and then now you have flexibility because now you're a new parent. Yes. You know. So, what kind of nudge you into back into the media space, knowing that you got it good at Girls Inc., but you're like, I need, you know, I, I need missed, to get back into.
1: I, I missed, I missed uh, storytelling. I missed creating. Even though I was writing for Girls Inc., it was more so like for the website or mm-hmm. for um, when we would do partnerships. I would create like guides, like like let's say we had a partnership with Lifetime. I would create like a watch guide and stuff like that. So I still had, I was, still was writing, but I wanted to continue telling other stories. Mm. I like, how do I get back in? And Double XL wasn't even like it, that wasn't a place that I applied. Somebody recommended me. They were like, oh, I heard Double XL is hiring. Do you want me to make? And that a- was like a
0: reasonably new publication, right? was I can't uh, remember. Not when, the- I
1: ca- not when I came along, it was it had already been established by the time I came along. Okay. Um, so, but it was um, but it was hip hop, right? It was it mm. was a music magazine, so that was something completely different for me. And um, I'm coming from the nonprofit world. They didn't Uh know that I had previous, um, you know, editing experience or magazine experience or media experience. A lot of people thought that I was coming as a nonprofit person into this hip hop magazine. And Uh so I think that was weird at first, but what, what ended up happening was I'm from I'm also from Brooklyn. I'm also a hip hop like a hip hop head like you
0: grew up in that culture right? like right, organic right. so, you were like a part of the damn fabric like
1: Right now, mind you, I couldn't spit the facts off like these people did because they ate and breathed tips out. Like they could tell you who was the producer on the album and this, that, and the third. Now right. that, that muscle I learned to get after being there, but that was because when I'm into something, I want to be into it all the way. Immerse so, yourself. You know, exactly. Immerse myself, become, and, and it's also too like proving that I deserve to be there, mm. right? Even though my job in a, I was managing editor. I didn't have to have that. It wasn't required.
0: You are just making um, sure it sounded yeah. good and grammatically correct, and
1: exactly it was okay. not too
0: many slangs. <laughs>
1: no, like it could be as much slang as you wanted. It just had to be grammatically correct, like you know right. what I mean. So,
0: right, okay. How long were you at XXL? Say, I feel
1: like it was like four years.
0: Oh wow, you were there for a while.
1: Yeah, so I was definitely the and then like being there, I I was writing like I had I had a column at c I I had a column again. They wanted to cover R and B and I love R and B, so I ended uh-huh. up R and B column for a while, right? And so all of these things just kind of fell into place. And then when Juicy came on the scene, I was like, oh, I want to be a part of that magazine. So I was still I was doing stuff for Juicy, but my job was Double XL. So like. When I would go home on the weekends, I'm like helping Paula wow. you're out with this magazine. You never
0: got comfortable. I, I mean, and in these positions, these opportunities are dope. Like anybody would, you know, kill for them. But you're like, okay, I I wanted more. Like XSL yeah. was popping. You were there for a while, and Juicy was like, yeah, non-existent. It was like, it was a concept, and you were like, I want yeah. to be a part of that journey. Like, wow.
1: It's like, if you think about it, it's like someone saying to, to someone, oh, like I have this concept for, it's a, a photographer, it's an app that's going to be for people like they around the world. People can post pictures. Right. And it sounds, sounds crazy. Yeah. Well, really what the potential of it could be. And that's the way that I felt about Juicy. I was like, oh, this is new,
0: did fear like ever kick in when you are making these pivots? You know cuz you did course. you did a bunch of pivots and you know did you did you second guess yourself anytime when you
1: you know I think the scaredest I probably was even though I knew I was going to do it anyway was the first the first pivot when I left the federal government to go to take the job at Essence because mm-hmm. I actually took a pay cut to take the Oh job, wow. Right, but I remember talking to my grandmother and she was like, this is just she was like, it's a it's temporary. Mm. She was, As you, again, someone who has to see more for you, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like she's like, next year, what if you have a promotion? Two years, what if you have another promotion? And so I was like. That I think that was the thing that scared me, that initial jump. Because when you, you jump and you can, if you can see the parachute, and you're like, okay, the parachute's working, it's good. But what if you jump and the parachute got gets stuck? And you're like, ooh, I'm about to hit the ground. Like, what's going to happen? You right. know, I'm not going to crash and burn. And um, I feel like for me, being laid off definitely felt like the parachute didn't work. But I think mm. these layoffs really had to happen for me to like really understand what i'm made
0: of right <laughs> well you know you know why your story storing your journey is so dope because so many of us once we land like a secure position especially in the government you're like you anybody in their right mind do not leave the federal right. government you don't oh, do this there's so many of us in our culture that have that mind state you know even though they know they they wanted to do something different from the stable job but you, you're you're an exception. You're like, I know this is a comfortable job. I know I could be here for and I know I, mean, I get yeah. automatically raised. I know I yeah. got a lot of perks. I know I got yeah. great insurance. Exactly. Yeah, but you said, you know, based on your your grandmother, and your your, your surroundings, you were like, I'm gonna go after what I really wanted to do. So this is why your journey and story is so dope because you're an exception. You know.
1: And it's a it's a blessing because I but honestly and truly I think had if I had stayed one thing I think I would have just been like I'd have still had to have my hand in the mix something mm-hmm. creatively right I would have been like okay this is my gig but this is who I am is somebody different and I think a lot of times we get like caught up into titles and, mm, like,
0: exactly
1: right what you I know
0: because like, like, like I said. <laughs> Cause you have some really lucrative positions like XXL Essence, and a lot of people make that who they are, right? You know, and but you didn't do that. You're like, no, I am Ti Smart Young. I make Essence. I <laughs> make Juicy. I mean, in your own right, you made. You know, what I'm saying you didn't let it define you. You define it. You know, based on you know your story so far, everything is like it's not about that is about me and what I want to do and the passions I want to pursue. And you did not let, you know, get caught up in the, you know, in the mix in terms of like hype, like, oh, I'm at XXL. I'm at Essence. You know what I'm saying? Look at me, look at me. You're like, especially like, for example, the Juicy situation, like that's like a concept that didn't exist yet. And you were like, I wanted to be a part of that. That's dope.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, all of the experiences have been so valuable to me. And I think that losing, getting laid off, having a paycheck one day and then the next day, right? like, like, man, can we talk to you for a minute? When you lose- Damn, I can imagine. Right? That's the, so imagine I went through it three times. Right. Once in my twenties and twice in my forties. And so Mm. it is a, that, that will keep you humble. And that, and Mm -hmm. that also taught me that I can't get caught up in a title because the title can disappear. So, Mm. (laughs) right, right. When somebody tells you, thanks for playing. Like you have this wonderful title at this media company and they tell you thanks for playing because the budget cuts are going like, you can't get caught up in the fact that you're executive editor. Like who are you outside of that? Mm,
0: right? Because right.
1: I, I had to be able to take my skills and everybody talks about monetizing now, but that's essentially what I had to figure out. Like how do I monetize what I know how to do and what I'm good at? How do I figure mm. that out? And that's really was huge in my pivot to publishing and learning how to self-publish books and learning how to
0: Okay, we're gonna okay. get to that. We're gonna get to that right okay. now. I, <laughs> okay. Because I'm I i, I want to keep the story going because I know uh-huh. you know that I want people to follow your journey. And so you were at XXL and then you became part of Juicy eventually. Mm-hmm. And you know, you and your Beth BFF- I remember those days I used to run into you. I used to see, you know, I mean, me and Paula is like homies. (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't see her often, but when we Mm -hmm. see on social media, I was like, what up? What up? It's like her vibe was always so good. And so after Juicy, you know, what happened with Juicy? You know, you guys grew that publication.
1: Grew it. And then see the thing about Juicy at the time was that it was a weird time to create a magazine because mm. the time that it was created magazine- I mean, so
0: juicy was like a physical magazine publication it-
1: Physical, yes so absolutely we had 37 okay. issues if i'm not mistaken we had a website we had the instagram we had the twitters we had all the things right right so we were building we were building this this brand and um but it was at a time when it was not necessarily the greatest time to found magazines. So the fact that we had 37 issues and were able to get some big brands to come and advertise in the magazine and to be able to go from being ignored to like celebrities messing with us, like that was huge, Mm -hmm. right? And to be able to go from having no blueprint to creating a blueprint and being like, our cover like remember in touch and in style and and us and even um people to some extent right those were the like the main magazines that people gravitated to when they wanted their like celebrity right name. it wasn't necessarily one for us and so even though ours was focused on women it's like we're we're now able to give all the people who would may never have been on those covers we're giving them love over mm. here. And so wow. again, it's like creating an idea, figuring out what's going to sell. So start.
0: dope. <laughs> right. And that's
1: what we so did. How long,
0: how long did Juicy last? I mean, because I, I know during that time, you're right, because everything became digital and the money, there was no money in physical publications anymore because everyone was getting it for free, you know what yeah. I'm saying, On, online. So how long did um, Juicy last?
1: 37 issues so i feel like that was i feel like that was another five years oh wow
0: that's still oh wow
1: don't quote me i feel like i need to check my numbers but it was it was a few years it was definitely a few okay. years.
0: so and, after you know juicy folded
1: mm-hmm. um well i was gone before juicy folded because what happened was was that the budget cuts started to happen oh, okay well, so that was my second layoff in, in my 40s. So by the time that Juicy folded, I was already gone. I was working at that time as more like an editor at large. So okay. So I was still affiliated and we were still working on it, but I wasn't there like day to day. Um, so yeah. So that magazine eventually folded and um, but it was a it was a wild ride and it was I learned so again, learned so much about how to put a publication together. Like I showed my son, um He's doing the yearbook for he works at a school and he's doing the yearbook for the school. And I showed him how to put a yearbook together based on how we used to put magazines together. Oh he wow. Was like struggling. And I was like, let me show you how to do this, son. Let me show you what to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let
1: me show you about you, bar.
0: Like- you said bars. Let me show you how to do this,
1: son. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how many pages you got? All right. We're gonna break this down. What kind of sections you want? You know what I mean? So it was just like, be, and it was fun being able to show him that. And it was like, as soon as I did, the light clicked. He was like, okay, I got it. I know what to do. And that
0: right. was cool. Wow. So, okay. Juicy lasts around five years and you're in your forties. Is that when you start doing, get into, you know, self-publishing and, you know, what did you do after Juicy?
1: Yeah. So like 2014, so I published the, my first book in 2015. So in 2014 is really when I started to get into self-publishing, um, because the, the book deal that I had, it um, it just didn't go anywhere. Like after all the revisions. And so I grew up as a shy girl. So the book was, um, it was called uh, Don't Be Afraid. No. Hey, oh, Don't Be Afraid to Shine. It was mm. for shy girls. And so I was writing it with a friend, Clover Hope. Cause we were both gr- both were up as shy girls, but I'm more like outgoing and she's more like quiet. So we were going to combine the two strengths, right? Like be like, Don't you
0: tell me you were an introvert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm an introvert too. So I could, I understand. I get it.
1: You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm an ambivert. You will
0: learn. You're I a learned know how extrovert. I want
1: to turn it off. Right. I know how to turn it off. But you
0: rather be at home with your family, with your, with your loved ones.
1: Sometimes. <laughs> okay. When I'm like, I'm outside. Right. Okay. So okay. I, 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 have, I, I totally I get it. Both sides. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So, so you was writing this book with your, with your friend and it didn't go anywhere. Didn't
1: Go anywhere. And I was, I was hurt. And I was how did
0: you get that deal? By the way, how did you get that book deal?
1: Um, again, it was like networking, like talking to people in the, in the, in the industry, in the book industry, like, Cause I had wanted to be an author and I had, okay. I had written things for other people's books, like chapters or I ghost wrote stuff or I participated okay. in essays and that kind of thing. But I was like, Ooh, when is the time? When is it going to be my time to see my name on the front? And so, um, you know, the thing is, is when you have connections, it makes it a little bit easier to just, you could be out at dinner at happy hour and somebody says so what you working on you know what you, mm. you got this idea right and they're like okay well send me something and so when, don't tell t to send me something because t is gonna send you something okay?
0: <laughs> right right
1: before we got on this i was putting a proposal together like send you something nice. say less you're about to get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't you know and you better follow through too because i'm gonna follow through
1: the follow-up game, okay? See, this is another thing that I learned. The follow-up game has to be crazy. Like you can't, you're not going to be annoying, but a lot of us don't follow up. So we miss out on the opportunity. And Sometimes mm. it's just not the right time for somebody to say yes. Facts. So, you know, like it might take a few emails before, and then the person might say, you know what? We don't have the budget now, or um, that we, put, we put a pause on it and we're going to circle back. Don't tell me you're going to circle back because I'm going to, put it in the calendar. Cause I am circling back. Right. Mm. Which, three months, two months circling back.
0: <laughs> but wow. It on my I mean, you are dropping so much gems by just telling your story. <laughs> um, I mean, wow. Um, okay. So after juicy, you got laid off and we, we, we freelancing and yeah, then you definitely. got the book deal.
1: I was I was freelancing. And then um, what I did was like, was there
0: any fear after that? Because you're in your 40s, you know,
1: by the third time, there wasn't fear because I'm like, I had been through this before. And so I was just I knew, you know how to move. I knew how to move. Like the first time that I got laid off was really the scariest because I didn't know how to move. By this mm-hmm. time, I'm like, okay, it's really like what do you, what do you want to do? Because I think the thing is is that we can get into jumping from job to job without taking a beat to think about what it is that we mm.
0: want to Ooh. Do. you know, and oh. you know and, and you know, I mean, especially now, there's a lot of people like you know, getting laid off and yeah. not like you said, they're jumping from job, looking for a check but not taking the opportunity to say, you know what, what do I really want to do now? This is an opportunity for me to really go focus on what I love to do and what my passion is. And that's basically what you did during, you know, after this juicy.
1: Yeah, right? like it was, it was definitely a time for reflection because I'm like, I'm not going to go back to another magazine unless not even not full time. Maybe I'll just freelance or something like that. And um, what is it that I want to do, right? Do I want to go to a website and write for a website or edit for a website? And I just really wasn't sure. And so publishing, self-publishing the book Famous really ended up being the catalyst for me for figuring out because what came naturally to me and to my skill set was something that people were like, wait a minute, how did you do that? And in 2015... Mm. Again, there weren't the same re- there weren't the same amount of resources. Now you have a whole lot of different resources for self publishing, right? Mm-hmm. When I self published, you had to go to a printer and spend a lot of money on these books. Now you can. There's cheaper ways to print books, right? You like Amazon, one of the cheapest ways to print books. But at the time, I had to, and Amazon will let you print in small increments. Like, so if you want 250 of your books, if you want 20 books. That you've you created, you can do that back when I first got into it. You had to you got a thousand books.
0: <laughs> right, wow.
1: A thousand books. Right. So I printed a thousand books. And the thing was, is that did you move those books? Yeah, those books had to go because my husband was like, Yeah, they can't be sending delivery. <laughs> so I hope you got a plan. Oh, really? These books. This is not furniture, right? <laughs> <And> so <laughs> So I was like, you know, I can't be like the rapper with the one off CD. Like I had to get out here and like figure it out. So what happened was um, uh, I was talking to uh, an administrator at a school and she was like, oh, this is great. Like, I would love for you to come and talk to the students at my school. She asked me two questions. Are you a DOE vendor? And do you have workshops? And I was not a DOE vendor, but I signed up and got myself to become a DOE vendor. And when I say DOE, I mean Department of Education. Yeah. The other thing was, she was like, do you have workshops? And I said, yes. I didn't have a workshop. I had no <laughs> workshops. Figure it out. <laughs> right. But what she does have are ideas. So I was like, <laughs> we're going to figure out this workshop. And that workshop, I still sell to this day. That wow. is a five-figure workshop, right? So I I took it from just it being like the book. And this is something that I teach my clients, right? Like, it's not just the book. It's like, what are you, what are you going to, what is the universe you're going to create around the book? The book is like Mm. just the introduction, right? So what are you going to do with the book after that? So, but even with that, it's like, I had to figure out who I was, who are my clients? (laughs) <laughs> right who are my clients because at first I, I wanted I was in fiction and non-fiction and I quickly learned like ooh, I just really want to work with people who are writing uh, fiction non-fiction books and then I really learned like ooh, I want to work with people who are subject matter experts right maybe you mm-hmm. are a money guru maybe you are a wedding photographer like whatever your expertise is let's figure out what your message is and put that into a book and so that, again, that had to be, it was part of the process, me figuring out, making a lot of mistakes along the way, and then being able to figure it out.
0: I, I mean, you know, I can't, you know, we I follow you on the social media, so I kind of saw all these things kind of coming together the <laughs> line, because I remember, you know, like you said, for a self-publishing book, and then you got your stuff all the way together. You got you know, some branding going on. Yeah you know you got your messaging you know focus messaging going on yes. Next you know i saw you you know you had like a handful of flowers. Yes. now you know being on day next you know you you systematically start being on social media strategically every day looking the bomb talking your talking your talk. you talk, talking about? you know what i'm saying how did that how did that evolve you know like now once again an idea concept very raw not proven this is something that you created you know from nothing and how did that experience evolve you know from a a branding perspective from a business perspective and from you know like a amplification perspective because I, I I literally saw and I'm seeing it evolving right now what was that what's behind the scenes what that look like
1: it looked like me making a lot of mistakes and not knowing what I was doing. And then eventually getting, it's like, everybody's a coach now, but like getting a coach, like,
0: okay, I, you did get a coach.
1: I absolutely had to get a coach because there was so much that I didn't know. Like, um, when I, I was like trying to figure out like, why am I always working? Why am I always on the computer? Right. And so my mm-hmm. coach was like, oh, cause your pricing is not right. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Right. Like I was severely undercharging and that was like one of undercharging, the undercharging. Yeah. Because,
0: okay.
1: Um, a little bit of mindset. Right. Because I was feeling like, oh, well, who's going to even though I had been doing this for years. Right. Slinging these words, making these messages pop. I had a little bit of mindset, like who issues, mindset issues and like who's going to pay me a few G's to do X. And she was mm. like, but why didn't they? And then she was like, okay, I'm gonna need you to run your credentials back to me. And then I'm gonna need you to tell me how long you've been doing this. And then and then, the, then it's like, oh, okay. Mm. I'm, a, I'm an expert, right? And and that's something that I think
0: And there's a lot of people who call themselves experts who yeah, <laughs> don't have the credentials you have. And they're just savvy. They just know how to oh, talk yeah. that talk, walk that walk. Yeah. So, fine. and on social media,
1: to- right, you, you can be slick and savvy. And and then um, I think you also, like, if you get someone to buy your product, you also have to be able to show that you can do what you said you're going to do.
0: Right. Right. So, okay. So that's a whole new thing. You had to package yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw some brand new, um, headshots that you did. You know, My son did the-
1: those. My oh, son so did- word. My son is a photographer, and he,
0: oh.
1: yeah, I was so proud of him because I was like, I
0: was like, oh, really?
1: oh, God, look good.
0: <laughs> it's lighting? I mean, I mean, I'm looking at your bio. You had like a dope shot. I thought my you had somebody professional. That,
1: photo. that was my branded shoot. My son. I hired my so. Going back to when my mom believes in me and I said, this is what I want to do. And my son said to me, you know, mom, really, I want to get into photography. I'm really, I'm really interested in this. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hire you. Like I saw some things that he shot and I was like, well, I'm going to hire you to do my brand shoot.
0: Mm.
1: And We went to a studio and he treated me like a client. And it was like, it felt like that full circle moment, right?
0: Wow.
1: My mom supported me and invested in me. And then, I mean, it really was a continuation of everything that I have done from, from him being a kid to now being a young adult because he's 22. But when I saw the photos, I was like. Wow. If, if for anyone who's it's like a
0: million dollars, they're like, that's my son. <laughs> I, I like, was I like,
1: I'm like, getting him for cheap. before he, Mama just play, you know?
0: <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, I, like I said, I've, I watched this develop. You know, because, um, you know, yeah. like I said, you know, I remember the transition from Juicy, yeah. and I feel like, like you said, there was a period you were trying to figure it out. I think you were doing your, the the, the self publishing thing, mm-hmm. and you know, you you know, you were making buzz about that. You know, just. You know
1: but even before i really went into self publishing i was doing a lot of projects like i had done some projects for title i had done some projects for verizon like you know there there's some things that people don't even know that now i this was, was as
0: a freelancer
1: this was as a freelancer because i wasn't like i hadn't figured out that self-publishing was gonna be my thing
0: okay so, like, so this is part of your journey to becoming a self-publisher
1: absolutely absolutely like I was like creating content for verizon as a consultant like you know it was it was it was pretty dope. and I,
0: so you basically was like a freelance on your own type thing and you was getting these opportunities by what networking relationships what
1: definitely relationships and and also like um i think the value of being um in like different groups right so like for certain opportunities you could maybe see things happening in certain groups or like like maybe since i was i was in a facebook i've been in a lot of facebook groups and you'll see people say i'm looking for someone who can do x oh really yeah like there was one time that i got an opportunity because somebody said i'm looking for somebody who went to an hbcu who um has experience working with teens and um has a media background i had all three of those Mm. Those. And so that's how I ended up getting that opportunity. I think if I didn't have all three, I still would have. Still
0: would after it. Say you did. I
1: still like, would have applied. Like, like, I still would have been like, I mean,
0: that DOE opportunities we had yeah. to come up with your own, like um, training program.
1: Yes, come up. With, that is the a straight
0: thing hustler, y'all.
1: Creating things. I <laughs> mean, what I love
0: about it because you know <laughs> you kind of like not, not. I don't deliberately, you ran away from the safe places. You know, you were like, I (laughs) want to be
1: I don't think you deliberately
0: did it, but I feel like you know, just chasing, you know, your purpose and trying to find your purpose. You didn't, you know, you're not you didn't afraid you weren't afraid to, you know, what he said, um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got comfortable with being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Right. That was, and and for me, that's where the growth is. And, the, and it happens. And I can't be afraid to fail. Like you got to fail fast. Right. Mm. And the thing about, I think. Fail so,
0: forward and fail fast. <laughs>
1: fail forward and fail fast. And the thing about social media is that you can fail in public, right? It's not <laughs> private. <laughs> it's
0: right. Like, hey.
1: If, if shit goes left, it's everybody sees it. And that's, I think that's what keeps some people from doing their thing. Like when I'm coaching my folks in my group coaching program, a lot, the, the mindset that I struggle with, a lot of people struggle with it too. They, they are experts in their field. They've been doing their thing and they're like, but why would anybody listen to me? Right. But mm. oh, so-and-so is the motivational speaker and the person that's over here. Yeah, but that's fine. But what's your message? What's your secret sauce? Right. Like right. Five years. Go ahead.
0: What was your saying? No, I, I was thinking about that because once you kind of like establish your brand and establish a presence, now you have to like okay, I'm gonna be there, be on social media, Instagram every week. Now you gotta come up with your content. What you gonna be talking about? <laughs> like how did you? Because I mean, I know I have a problem. You know, I. I'm forcing myself to be on social media more because I know I need to. Because I notice people that get on social media on a consistent basis, opportunities flows their way.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: organically, and you know, and 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 I, and I and I've seen you doing it. You're not the only person I saw going on social media on a regular basis, and then next thing you know, you're like, your business, your brand is like blossomed just yeah. by being present how did you kind of, you know, come up with the strategy and the content and the messaging and the focus, you know, that's not, you know, you, you doing it, but there's a lot of people who want to do it. You know, how did you do it? I mean, I know you start off with your son taking your photo shoot. Let's start from there, <laughs> you know, come up with your brand packaging and all that.
1: Um, again, I think, a big thing is because of my media background, I, I've always been surrounded by words and images and mm. packaging and figuring out how to put all of that together. So I, that's definitely one of my strengths is being able to put it all together. And like, before I could hire a designer, I was like, let me go ahead and get these five, not these five, but these Canva skills up. Let me get this Canva skills popping. Oh,
0: so- uh, yep. You Canva, know, I love some Canva. Yo. I like, save, I mean, I paid an annual fee, but I saved so much oh, man, money. That, that
1: 125 is like the best 125. Oh I've my
0: God. Seen. Canva is a truth
1: you know and so being very um i had to learn to be intentional too and there's like um i don't know if you follow um Maddie woodard on um on instagram but i remember in one of his lives he was like, like um like figure out how you're going to show up and mm. like like claim a space right you know, what are you, what are you going to do so there was two things that i that i took away from that he was like like create a week create a day whatever you're going to do create a series so i i was like okay i'm going to start with a series and i think it was um it was uh nonfiction in november and so i started to show up for that i created that series created the content created the graphics created my plan of what i wanted to talk about each time i went live cuz i'm not really one of those if i'm not talking about anything i can go live exactly if i'm, if I'm trying to teach you something then Sorry. i i kind of want to have my bullet Together and my examples and I pull those
0: things. So but well, for creative, right, there's so much going on in your head. How did you yeah. pack it, you know, put that those bullets together and, and that where it's concise, you know, in line with your messaging, in line with your goals. <laughs> How easy was that or hard was that?
1: I think I think in the beginning it was it was intimidating because I was I was like, I'm out here talking about writing nonfiction in November. And the thing is is that most people in November know about the novel writing uh month right? So November is really dedicated to writing novels. So here I am saying writing fiction in November, and I'm going to teach you X, Y, and Z. So maybe one of my ideas would have been like, okay, if you have a blog, let me show you how to go from blog to book, right? And that could Mm. have been one piece of content. And then it could have been like, okay, um, Maybe you have an essay, how do we turn, How do, or, or, or maybe it could have been like, your, your take something from your book and now pitch that as an op-ed to uh, a newspaper or, or something like that, right? So it was just a matter of me coming up with the ideas and then fleshing them out. And the other thing that Madi said was um, uh, create something that you can go back to all the time. So the series will happen. uh, I do different series, and that'll come up, like maybe like I'll do it for like a month or something like that. But Q and A Wednesday is what I came up with to be like, this is my live stream. Excuse me, where I'm going to teach every Wednesday. You ask me a question. I'm going to teach and come up with like examples and show you the best way to write your story. Whatever whatever your question is, So, so you can ask about writing, you can ask about editing, you can ask about self publishing.
0: Wow. I mean, you know, just to put structure to your idea, structure that makes sense and structure that, you know, feeds what your ultimate goal is, that's dope. And just conversation is actually giving a blueprint for that. So, I mean, that's just amazing. So in terms of like, okay, you come up with these different type of series, how is that? Go- and when you first got on Instagram or got on live, how many people st- showed up, you know?
1: So I first started before Instagram live, I started on Facebook. Okay. I used to do the Facebook lives and then, um, you know, that's intimidating because
0: those are people, you know,
1: right. <laughs> they know and you're, you're thinking too, what if no one shows up? Right. right. So the thing is, is that you can see who the, yeah, who comes on and log on
0: quickly. Cause nobody wants to be the first one and the only one. You know, so they got to wait till like 10 other people show up before, you know, they stay around. So I, I I understand that,
1: you know, that that can be really intimidating when you're feeling like there's nobody watching, but what you 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 got like
0: one people, like,
1: (laughs) yeah. So what you (laughs) learn is that, you know what, whether it's one, one 100, 1000, 1 million if you're presenting and you're sh- you're showing up as yourself you you got to give that one person everything the same way you would give a thousand or a oh, million, right
0: it's you dropping gems yo
1: cuz i feel like if beyonce if beyonce is going to come out right before we knew her as beyonce i think she was going to give you everything she had and i remember right. seeing destiny's child before they blew up and they I were remember. giving you that performance so i think right. you just Take that same kind of work ethic, and then remember that even when people don't watch it live, they're watching the replay. Mm. There's so many people that have gotten on my calendar and became my clients because they told me, "Oh, I went and watched your Q and A Wednesday." Oh wow! Yeah, they'll say. Let's I talk
0: about that. So, how long did it start? You know, it took before you start monetizing these. These opportunities that you created for yourself, like, because you know, a lot of people say you're not going to get paid right away. You could be doing live for however long before it a check start coming. How how long yeah. did it take for you?
1: You know, I I feel like it might have taken a year, and I really <laughs> don't know, like, um, and that doesn't mean that it was, like, it was a year
0: of being consistent, like every yeah. week.
1: Yeah, just being consistent, and then you know there was sounds when I would fall off, or there was things that would happen, but like just, just, just being dedicated to coming back and to being asking for the sale too, right? I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Too.
0: Oh my god, this is a book within a book. Like you're gonna have to re-listen to this or re-watch this, and you're gonna write a book because you're dropping them gems, girl.
1: I think you know, initially, like when you work for someone else, you're, unless you're in sales, you're not used to asking for the sale. And that's, you know, you're called
0: you asking for the sale, like, you know, for, for okay. those.
1: So if I put in my call to action that, so let's say I'm getting, so I'm getting ready to do a workshop in June called from, from Expert to author, right. And I'm marketing to people who are experts like yourself to be able to um come into this workshop. And it's going to be, it's, going to be really like the price is very affordable because I want to get people into the workshop and to experience me and how I teach. And so asking for the sale is your call to action, right? It could be anything from um, DM the word expert if you want the link to this, to this workshop. And then you're able to now have a conversation with somebody in the DMs and get, give them the link. And instead of it just seeming like they're a stranger now, I like to leave voice messages. So I will, Hmm. if somebody drops the word expert in my DM or they start talking to me in my DM, I leave you voice messages. I'm like, and that builds the no like, and trust factor because now it it feels more natural in the transaction versus like, oh, we're just kind of like texting each other inside of the app, right? And Mm -hmm. there's, there's been people that, I have become like I met them on Instagram, but now they've become friends because I was leaving them voice messages. Like, mm. is it's um, we have to really like be thankful to the technology that we have because. So it took
0: you a year for you to really start monetizing,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: being on live and mm-hmm. and, and and
1: and throwing so the ball and seeing what sticks. Right. Oh. everything doesn't always work. And I started doing this thing. and I'm going to bring it back too. I would do these like 15 minute story audits. So I would post on Instagram, like, Hey, get on my calendar for Friday. I have all Friday blocked off for like 15 minute conversations. And so in those 15 minute conversations, when I'm talking to you about your story, I'm giving you an action step. And one of your action steps is, I want you to work with me. I want you to, if if you are qualified to be my client, right? I want you to work with me, like come into my program, work with me one-on-one, whatever it is, and become my client. And we're going to write this book.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, oh my God, there's so much, um, so many things I want to ask you. I'm reading, I'm writing this book. I mean, I'm reading this book in terms of how to get comfortable being on camera, um, because I know, like I said, I'm an introvert, and even though I'm a social broker, like I'm in my head a lot when I go on live. I'm like, oh, like you said, I see one people <laughs> or nobody popping up, and that's discouraging. How did you overcome? How do you get comfortable being on camera? And how do you overcome like seeing like two people, you know? or no, it's more than that now, but initially. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, it's you don't know what time of day when you go live sometimes, like, let's say if it's not getting, right you go live early or whatever. Sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't, you might not get all the participation you want, but it is, I think it is a matter of realizing that even though one person might be watching right now, this has the potential to be watched by so many other people. I think reels, so sometimes I'll do Q&A Wednesday as a reel and um that the the growth and the reach of reels is amazing because i get people sometimes who get on my calendar from a reel they saw and i'm still Oh still, really? Yeah, i'm still teaching but i but now i have to teach it to you in 90 seconds. all right? right So that's even harder than most of my Q&A Wednesdays are about 30 minutes long. So that's harder, but it is it really is. Once you once you just keep doing it and doing it it becomes easier and you become more comfortable and once you know what your lane is and you're not trying to be somebody else like I I think it'd be difficult if I'm trying to like imitate someone else when I'm online Mm -hmm. I have to be who I am so you're going to get pop culture references you're going to get my experience as a as a writer as an editor as an author because these are things that I have done and I've seen so I'm sharing experiences and I and I often pull in what's going on in in culture or in hip hop or whatever, and I make it relevant for the audience. And that's one thing that I've heard
0: How do you have- stay motivated? Because I know when you come <laughs> up with ideas and you know you put stuff on paper and and people not like I said, it took you like a year before you know you started getting traction. How do you stay focused and motivated on task? Um, is it that hunger? What is it that keeps you disciplined? And focus
1: um because t-mobile will cut me smooth the fuck off if i'm not (laughs) if you're not paying those paying that bill i i is there's definitely a hunger and a curiosity and a love for what i do i've really Mm. and i had no idea that i was gonna become a book coach and a writing consultant i had no idea that i was going to love it the way that i do and so it's a, it's a blessing to get up in the morning and be excited about somebody's project, right? Or it's a blessing to get up in the morning and be like, how, you know, you just got this um, couple G's on this deal over here and you're, and, and you're writing and maybe I can talk about it and maybe I can't, but that's like great too. And, but then don't, don't think that there's been a lot of stuff that I had to do that I didn't want to do, right? Just to keep for the check so that I could do the stuff that I want to do. And mm-hmm. too, that, that's a that's also a growth period. Like, you know, I I was um I was doing some nonprofit work, and it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to do it, it was because I needed to be able to have some income generating while I figured out how to do this thing over here. So mm. I'm not gonna say no to this check that has the potential to pay the bills, just because oh yeah, I'm 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 branding myself as a book coach, I'm not gonna take that on. Everybody just needs need to know that I'm doing this nonprofit work over here. You just hmm. need to see that I'm showing up as a book coach and a writing consultant. And that's the way, that's really how I was able to do it.
0: How do you find time for everything? Like, cause there's so much going on. There's so many different, you know, you know, arms and tech, 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 you know, different things you got to do in order to make this thing make sense. Yeah. Like, you know, you got your coaching, you got, you know, you got your your live, you got all these different things that's coming together to kind of make yeah. you who you are now. How do you how do you balance it all? Like how do you how do you manage it all?
1: Um, I wasn't at one point. And sometimes I feel like I'll do better than other times, <laughs> right? Um, when I'm up at like three, four o'clock in the morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I need sleep. I'm not 25 anymore. I can't. Right, right, right. Right. But there's also times when it's like, oh, today's Thursday. I'm taking Thursday off because I worked really hard the last few weeks or days or whatever. And I'm taking it off. It's, it really is, um, a process to figure things out. I was reading this thing. Um, it was somebody's post. I think they called it the "winning the week" method, and it was really like analyzing your week. Like we just tend to like rush into our week, right? So, but what if you took a beat to look at what went right in the previous week and where you messed
0: exactly. up? Exactly. So you know, method. How to be efficient, especially as a, a, a entrepreneur, because that's yeah. what you are, and and whatnot, you know. And it, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm finding that I'm, and. You said something. It's all about doing it, because as you are doing it, as you stay focused, you'll figure it out. If you stay consistent, yeah. cool. you know. And, I, and I, 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 I
1: people for help. Like all right,
0: you have a team or no?
1: I have contractors that I work with.
0: Okay, now I'm. I'm we've been talking almost two hours, and, and I, I thought I was God, be I, didn't on here for, that. <laughs> I thought I was only going to be on for an hour, but let's you know. You said your journey, but where are you now in terms of, you, you know, I read in your bio, like you say, you have a book that you're about to, you know, talk about that. You know, let's let's end there because I know we could go on and on. Let's, let's talk about where you are right now and what's oh. going on with you right now.
1: Uh, so, the book is called Step Into Your Story, Position Your Expertise, Propel Your Brand, and Prepare for Visibility by Writing a Best Selling Book. So, for Step Into Your Story, it's really like connected to the workshop that I'm telling you of, that I'm doing in June. It's really getting experts to understand that even outside of your job, like you are an expert. Like, what is, What do you have expertise in? Mm. Maybe you, you are- Yeah,
0: that's important because there's a lot of people passion. that have imposter syndrome, you know? That's a major- um, is
1: huge. Yeah, that will keep right. mindset issues, will keep us from doing, like pursuing our passions, pursuing our goals. and in, And in my case, it'll keep people from writing the book right mm-hmm. the thing is is that some people say oh a book is like your it's, it's your it's a, it's a business card and I say no it's not a business card it's a brand building asset because mm-hmm. from your book you can create a workshop from your mm-hmm. book you and create a course right from your and these are things that I've done so I'm mm-hmm. like when I first started doing it I didn't know I didn't, I didn't I didn't understand all the, all the makings. Right. I didn't understand. All right.
0: The, right. The
1: stuff. I didn't understand. Okay. Conversion rates when I first started doing it. And it's like, oh, now that I understand the strategy and know how to put things together to do that, it's way, it's way different. So I really want people in my coaching program and people who buy the book to really understand like you can, you, all you have to do is market your message, like package it up, put market it together. your message. <laughs> like pack it, package it up, put it together. Right. Cause the, when people say, but there's so many books about like, let's say you are, a, um, you're a pregnancy coach and there's so many books about pregnancy. So what, you know what that means? That means that people want to read books about pregnancy. That means mm. you have to find where you are in the marketplace. Maybe you're talking specifically to pregnant women of color, because we know that there's, a um, a different level of how Black women are treated, Brown women are treated when they go into the emergency room, when they go to have babies. Mm. You got to find your lane, right? And not be afraid to, as long as you have the credentials, like don't be afraid to go against what someone is saying. One mm. of my clients, um, <laughs> she I forgot what she wanted the title of the book, but it was something like, how not to die when you're having a baby. And I was like, okay, we're not going to call it that. Right, so, <laughs> right, right. I understand what you're saying. She was just so passionate and fired up about her book. And she's an obstetrician and gynecologist. She wants to make sure that brown women, that they they get into the hospital and they leave with their babies, right? They're, They're not dying on the table. That was her thing. And so that's what I want people to do. That's when I'm, when I'm talking about stepping into your story, it's really stepping into your expertise. It's embracing who you are all the How part- do you
0: find out your expertise? Cause I know there's so many people who have so much different um, things that they've done and mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, I, I done this. I done that. What is my expertise? Like, how do I get, how do I narrow down, like what my voice and, 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 and focus my messaging.
1: I think it's a matter of when I'm working one-on-one with someone, it's a matter of talking to them and figuring out, cause you can be an expert in something, but not have a passion for it, not have mm. to pursue it. Right. You can be, I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, like, let's say, I think even for you, like when you were working in corporate, like you were good at it, but you were like, that's not my passion. This is what right. I, I pay the bills right? But who I am is the social broker. And here's my lane over here that I want to be right. in. So I think it's a matter of talking to someone and figuring out the thing that lights them up.
0: Because mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yeah. Like what, what makes you excited? And that doesn't necessarily mean that <clears throat> now you want to monetize it, but maybe this is the thing that keeps you happy while you're working your job, wherever you are, whether it's corporate or you know, maybe in a in a private sector or even even for someone who works for the city or works for the state or works in federal government, maybe they're just doing those jobs, but they have an interest in something else. But you never know until you explore. So those gifts that my mother gave me of putting me in different programs and putting me in different um places, it gave me opportunity to meet other people to explore. And we can't lose that as adults, right? We still oh do need to explore we still need to I feel like like who you are at 50 is not the same person who you are at 35 like you know so much more now you know who you are like people who say when I turned 40 they were like you're gonna you're gonna get the fuck you filter I feel like at 50 it's even more so because mm. you really know who you are now you really know what you're gonna accept you really know what you're not gonna have happen in your life right it's just a lot of boundaries that are being set but i think also i think the the blessing is too is that when you know who you are you can figure out what you what you want to do what your what kind of passion you have what what interests you want to pursue and hopefully they want to write a book with me <laughs> right.
0: okay question I, i'm gonna wrap up this conversation like i said we could um, go on and on
1: i know i didn't but even so- realize it was- <laughs> <laughs> for someone, I know, I know
0: that's what I'm saying. This is a this is a dope con. This is exactly how I want you know my podcast to go. Like very organic, very flow of conversation. Because I I want my listeners to feel like they're uh, they're flying the wall listening to me. You chopping it up right. like right. over exactly. over tea or whatever. Yeah. Um, for someone who's 50, right, who's been sitting, you know, dormant on an idea. You know, they're making money. They you know they have a good life you know they have kids they probably got a mortgage but you know they're in a good place financially but they're not happy how do you get them to step into their purpose uh, what advice do you give them to like okay i know it's it's never too late right how yeah. do you kind of like what would you tell someone who's like i still want to do this I'm, I'm i'm good but i'm not great i need i'm still not Following my purpose, what advice you you give them?
1: I would tell them to take a class. Like sometimes things can be free, or sometimes things can be paid. Low cost investment, just to zip your toe in and to figure it out. But you have to be able to like. We want to always see the staircase. We want to know that it's going to pan out, and I'm right. Know that I'm going to be good at it, and maybe you will, and maybe you won't. That is Mm. that you will have to take. But like, take that first step, like get off the couch, go to the computer, log on, what's your interest? Oh, you like mm. flowers? Okay, what you wanna do with flowers? Like, like figure that out. I'm really good with money? Okay, so what can you do with it? There's a lot of people that are now like, Financial experts or gurus or the money person that are on Instagram, right? And they might not have had necessarily like a financial background, but because they've been able to help people get success, right? They are now in this space. So it it really does take a first step, and it could it's it could take your failure to get you to where you want to be. I think I had to be laid off three times to be here where I am now. So you really mm-hmm. have to like be open to ex- be open to exploration, be open to taking a class, be open to making that investment.
0: Even when you're 50, even when you're 60, whatever.
1: Absolutely. My, it's like, never I, too late. Listen, I got my mother so riled up. I'm like, cause my mother is, um, she is, she's a diabetes coach. And so I got her roused up. I'm like, let's get these packages together. Let's get this landing page, let's do a workshop. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, My mother is 68 and she's like with it. She's like, that's what's up. Let's go. And that's the kind of energy that I like. Like, like, I don't want you to think that you're too old to do this because there's there's the beauty of the technology is that you can create it and find who your people are, right? My mother is a diabetes. Find your
0: tribe.
1: How many people got diabetes?
0: Oh my God, so many.
1: Yes. And so able to how, like I, my mother has been in my classes. She's working on her ebook, right? I got her working on a workbook. So like all- Okay,
0: this- your mother's your client. Is <laughs> your oh, client. Ma-
1: abs- absolutely. Nice.
0: absolutely.
1: But my free client, because I don't charge her. But right. <laughs> my client, right? Oh, she, she
0: earned your freeness. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. But she's doing the work. Like mm. just be able to mm. test it out, right? I had said to my mother, I came up with an idea- uh, I said to her last, I think it was last Thanksgiving. I was like, Ooh, what if you do a workshop and tell people who have diabetes, how they like what they need to eat and what they should stay away from or how they should move during mm. like from the Thanksgiving all the way to new year's. Right.
0: Mm, that was hard and challenging because,
1: yes, because you got the <laughs> mac and cheese. And- <laughs> yeah, or the cheese.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so that's dope. So she, she did it. She did this. We had a landing page. She did her, she, um, she pitched her ebook and she had her, her, her presentation. And it was like, these are the things that light me up. So I'm lit up. And so I'm helping her and now she's lit up. And it's like, it just has this kind of like this, 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 this ripple effect.
0: Oh, so, I mean, I'm going to wrap this up. I keep saying that, right?
1: I know, no, no, Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. <laughs>
0: So are you in a happy place right now with all this stuff you've been through, the ups and downs and the challenges and the various pivots you have to make? Are you happy where you are right now? Like, yes, like, yes this is where I'm am, supposed to be.
1: I am where I'm supposed to be. I think the thing about me is, is that- I,
0: You I'm never like, get comfortable. You're like, you gonna get hungry. Like,
1: like more, like what's next? What can wow. I do next, right? And I think the thing for me is, is that- when I put something like on my vision board or my vision statement and then I do it and I get it I'm like okay well what's the next thing I want because I, <laughs> I I remember I was in college and I was pledging and I was like I, I remember I put that down like I want to be an editor at Essence and one of my big sisters saw it and I thought she was gonna be like okay you wilding like that's, that's the big one right there. But she was like, nah, I think you could do it. And so to see that on my vision board and to have accomplished that is huge. And so I just want to keep doing that. I want to keep creating new visions for myself and keep accomplishing it. And to help goal is really to help other people like see that vision for their book and to help them accomplish and write the book.
0: Right, I i i don't i'm i have a million questions but we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna wrap it, no, up. We're gonna wrap never it up
1: get off.
0: it's like two hours on this on this podcast and i'm not gonna edit this down it's gonna be it is what it is you know i'm gonna chop this baby up though and put it out there um how people could you know get access to you um let people know you know, what you, what's going on with you right now and where to go find you and where you find your content and all nope. that good stuff.
1: Sure, sure. So, my preferred platform is Instagram. And so, if you go to my Instagram and you go to my bio, you'll be able to hit the pre order link for my book and you'll be able to get some freebies there as well. And then you can also get a spot on my calendar. So, my calendar is definitely in the list of links. So, get on my calendar and we can spend 30 minutes and we can talk about your book and talk about next steps.
0: Yo, I I mean, listen, I I see your journey, you know. I'm in the front row watching it, and it's dope to watch. It's inspirational to watch because, like I said, I I see you create something from nothing, and I saw your consistency. I saw your branding. I saw your lighting, and. You know, I very You know, down to like every time you you on Instagram, you look the same, and and it's not you is, and it's not like everybody else. It's just whatever filter you're using, whatever.
1: I love me a filters. I know I have like two that I love, <laughs>
0: but because it's popping it just, though.
1: It just makes it makes my skin glow. I'm like mad chocolate. Right.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Red
1: lipstick seems more red, or if I'm wearing lip gloss, it just seems more glossy. Yes. I you know, so
0: I, I'm watching it. And I was like, yo, I need to get T on this podcast because I know she's gonna drop some gems, which you did. Um, and I'm 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 do I'm I'm happy for you. I'm continue doing your thing. I know it's not easy. Don't you know it's 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 a grind, it's a struggle, but it seemed like you love doing what you're doing and you know, keep doing it, girl.
1: Thank you I will I appreciate this opportunity to be on the podcast
0: man I can't wait to ch- when is your book coming out because I want to chop it up and release this around that time so it could be uh, do,
1: it, do it before because it'll be good it's good marketing right right so right able to, to get people there so it's it comes out at the end of June
0: oh oh it's perfect that's perfect so that gave me like probably around like May early June to kind of like release this okay all right, girl. Well, thank you. I appreciate thank
1: it so much. It was good you to you. got talk a dope to story. Connect.
0: And I'm saying, rewatch this thing when I release it because I feel like there's so many books you could make, put together because <laughs> you were dropping them gems, girl. So I appreciate it, yo.
1: Well, oh, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. And I didn't even realize all the time that went by. I'm like, probably, I, I have my phone or like, do not disturb. I probably got like all kinds of messages from my family. Like, where are you? What why are you not responding
0: this? This is a dope. This is a conversations I love having because I, I inch I'm seriously interested in understanding, you know, people's journey. And mm. so my question is not, you know, preset it's just off the top of the head because i am you know i love to hear people's journey behind the scene mm-hmm. and you definitely shared a lot so thank you
1: well thank you i appreciate it and well i'll see you soon
0: all right girl i hope people watch this damn two-hour podcast it's <laughs> though <Thank laughs> it don't seem like two hours so i'll talk to you it, soon it
1: definitely did. but when you chop it up and put it on social it'll be oh it'll
0: man be. i can't wait to chop it up <laughs>
1: all right, to all to right later now.
0: bye-bye what up, what up, what up? Thank you for listening to another episode of Reverse Ambition. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and got some inspiring nuggets. Before you go, please remember to subscribe so you can be alerted when the next episode is dropped. You don't want to miss out. And remember, it's never too late to leave to follow your dreams or your passion. You can always leap back. Live your life with no regrets. Until next time. My name is Kelsey Cooper, aka the Social Broker. Peace out.